Thank you for tuning in to Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Steve Owens. If you would like to find out more information about this podcast or other resources, go to ctfboulder.com. Next week being our 16th anniversary of, of the church, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's very significant. It's, it's like a sweet 16. It's like, I, I was thinking, you know, it's like getting your driver's license is being able to be set free. I mean, when you, when you really think about it, there's so many different things that, that happen at, at those times. And uh, are you getting your driver's license? Is that why they're tapping you? <laughs> but at one point in time uh, I didn't get saved until 1988 and I was a drug addict and an alcoholic and once I got saved I was all in once I got saved, there was like no turning back. There was no left or right. And it wasn't necessarily black and white. It was just like I had been saved out of so much that I, I went into all God had for me. I just stepped out. And when, when my life changed, I just wanted to be in that life. I didn't want to worry about my old life. I didn't want to have to worry about my past. All of a sudden, it was like these chains were set free and I was just running full bore and a lot of times it was just running recklessly. A lot of times it was just running. And, you know, if you take time to look over your shoulder when you're running like that through the forest, you run into a tree. And I didn't have time to look behind me. And also, I didn't have time to, I guess, I always say this, but I was spiritually ignorant to what other people thought and what religious beliefs were and stuff. And when I, when I first got saved, I had hair down to the middle of my back and People at church, ushers and elders, almost every week would tell me that I couldn't go to heaven with long hair, and, and I didn't care. I mean, it didn't make me not want to go to church. It didn't make me mad at them. You know what? I was, I was too spiritually dumb to know that I should be offended by that. <laughs> the reality was what they said really made no bearing on my life whatsoever. It just made me press in even more because I'm just like... You know what? You don't even understand what God saved me out of, and I know where I'm at, and so I don't really care what other people think. I just kept going forward, and I really didn't let it slow me down. I didn't let it, let it turn me to the left or the right. And over the years, I ended up in lots of different places, and we ended up serving lots of different leaders, and, and I just served, and that, it didn't matter. It didn't, nothing mattered. All that mattered was Jesus. All that mattered is what he was doing. And we, we did a lot of things along the way that were, were counterculture, but people were being reached for Christ. And so after we had started the church, uh, my friend Ed from California had came out, and uh, he's a seer. And, and I've shared this many times before, but he's a seer. And so when he stands in front of you, he can see things in your past. And when he stands behind you, he can see things in your future. And so when he was standing in front of me, he was just praying over me. And he was saying, Steve, 
I see all these people you served with your whole heart, but you were never fulfilled. Even though you bought in 100%, even though you didn't agree, you just backed their vision and you went for it with everything you had. And when they said something, you just said, that's the way it is. And you just went and you went and you went and you didn't care if you agreed. You didn't care if you understood. That's just what they said. They were your leader and that's what you did. And it didn't matter what your own giftings were. And, and so, you know, I, I really... Ed didn't know that stuff about me, and he was just reading my past. But when he came around behind me, he said, I see the problem, why you were never fulfilled in any of those things, even though you did everything. And he goes, because God has you standing at a jungle, and you can't even see through the jungle. And after going to Thailand and after being in Cambodia and stuff, I've seen jungle like that, where you look off to the side of the road and you're going, I don't even know how they walk through there. But the way they walked through there is with a machete. And he said, I see God giving you a machete, and you start to swipe. But he goes, as far as to the left and as far as to the right, there's other people that are only like a half step behind you. And as you do a little narrow path, they're going to make it wide, and you're blazing a trail or nobody's gone before, and so you can never be fulfilled by following somebody else's vision because God has called you to open up new paths. Then it was a releasing thing, but I got to tell you is, as I move forward, God is releasing so much more in that picture. And I look back at so many times when God has spoken stuff and we've went and stepped out. And then you see God come in might and power. I mean, we've been places where they definitely don't believe in the Holy Spirit, and now everybody there speaks in tongues. We've been places where they don't believe in healing, and they've seen a healing or two, and then you go back, and they're saying, hey, we got six pastors together, and we went to this place, and and we just started preaching and praying, and this church that was only five or six people now has 25 people, and they went and planted two more churches outside of that in other places. And it's just realizing that You know what? It's not about us. It's about releasing people into who God's called them to be. You know what? We need to be fearless. We need to be totally fearless and step out and do what God has called us to do within the borders of what God's called us to do, who he's called us to be accountable to. I can tell you there's story after story after story of people I've met that they hear the voice of God and they run out but they're not under any covering. They're not under any, any authority. And what happens is they go out there and they just get slaughtered. Why? Because they can't do it on their own. I, I love our relationship with the whole entire Revival Alliance. I love, I love the way at a point in my life where I had reached the max of our covering that I met Randy Clark. I love the way that all of a sudden he just spoke things that lit up things in my life and all of a sudden I realized that instantaneously <laughs> says by his stripes were healed. Period. And if we believe that anybody can be saved in the same act anybody can be healed. He's already paid the full price for our healing. You know what? We don't have to have God. If it's your will. 
Of course it's his will. It's his will that everybody be saved. It's his will that everybody be healed. I don't know why everybody's not saved, and I don't know why everybody's not healed, but it doesn't stop me from sharing the gospel, and it doesn't stop me from praying for the sick. And you know what? Because of that tenacity, we've seen people get out of wheelchairs. We've seen people's sights restored. We've seen people's hearing. We see the blind see, the, the, the deaf hear. We literally see what he said, and we see demon-possessed people instantly set free. You know what? We need to believe the Scripture for what it says. We need to believe it and, 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 and just walk on what it says is true. And I'm not talking about just blindly going after it. I'm talking about just lining up with the Scripture, lining up shoulder to shoulder with people around you, and stepping out and taking His kingdom to where we go. You know, I, I love Bill Johnson's example as we traveled with him, I heard him share this so many times in so many different countries, but, you know, if you go to a bad part of town and you look at a parking lot and you go, I would never park in that parking lot because I would come back and my car would be pilfered or gone. <laughs> you know the kind of parking lots I'm talking about? But he goes, you know what? If somebody goes and parks a brand new Mercedes in that parking lot, everybody will park there. <laughs> Why? Because when that Mercedes pulls in, it isn't that the neighborhood changed. It isn't that the people that are there changed. It's the whole thing is when somebody parks their Mercedes there, all of a sudden the whole atmosphere on that parking lot has shifted and you're more willing to park your Toyota Corolla there. You're, you're more willing to park your your Ford F-150 there. Why? Because there's something there more valuable. We need to understand that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and wherever we go, we up the ante. Wherever I go, things change. And it isn't by me, it's by who I'm carrying. And it's, we need to understand that when we step out, it's not if people recognize it or not. The, the reality is people do recognize it. When I go to Boulder and I go down to Pearl Street and I walk in a bookstore, and I've had people here from other countries and like, wow, you guys have bookstores like this here? And one time we were walking through one of those bookstores and we're looking at the Jesus section and they have Joel Olstein and they have Bill Johnson books and they have everything. They have every version of the Bible and we're looking and saying, wow, you know, on this side is Anton LaBay's Bible. On this side, there's a King James, an NIV. I mean, it's a, it's a Bible row. And we heard the people on the other side that couldn't even see. I'm sorry, sir, we cannot continue the reading to the people on the other side leave. <laughs> Why? Because we walked in the room and they could no longer hear those voices that were telling the fortune through the cards. They, they no longer could read the cards. They no longer could read the crystals. They could no longer read the tea leaves. We've been just walking down Pearl Street Mall, not even doing anything and standing outside because I don't drink coffee and they all run in to get coffee. And you hear the lady over here, I can't continue my reading until those people move. <laughs> <laughs> See, you don't have to do anything. You just have to be. Yeah. 
And, and it's not a fact of, it's, it's a fact of just knowing who's in us. It's not a fact of flaunting who's in us. Jody, who got up and shared the word, he drives an RTD bus through Boulder. There are people that step onto his bus and say, I'll just wait for the next one. Why? Because there's a different spirit. When they, when they cross the threshold of the bus, they realize that what's in them doesn't want any part of what's sitting in the driver's seat. You know, who is Stephen in the Bible? Actually, I've never preached on Stephen, but he is my namesake, so... But in Acts chapter 6, it introduces us. And what it says about Stephen is he's a man full of faith by the Holy Spirit. Huh. How would you like to have people outside of your presence define you as that? Huh. Well, that person, they're a man or a woman that's full of faith and filled with the Holy Spirit. Why were they saying that? Because I really believe everywhere Stephen went, things changed. And it was no different than the disciples. Everywhere they went, things changed. You know, it wasn't the significance of Peter's shadow. It was the fact is they knew wherever the disciples went, when they went anywhere, the sick were healed. And when they heard they were coming, whether they were believers or not, they would line the sick up along the road. And it wasn't that he was stopping to pray for them all, but just when he passed them, the presence of God and their faith met and they were healed. And I can tell you, you don't have to believe in Jesus to be healed. You don't have to be saved to be healed. When people get healed, they don't have to be saved to keep their healing. We've seen it firsthand. Jesus cleansed all the lepers, and they all got healed, but only a few came back and thanked him. But the rest just went on their way, went living however it was they were living. I mean, they obviously didn't come back. And I think it's a great example for us knowing that just because we share with people, just because God touches them, just because they get a word, just because we step out, if they don't change, it doesn't nullify the word. We need to also understand that God's giftings are irrevocable. Sometimes we get so upset and go, look at that person at what they're doing. You know what? If God's given you a prophetic gift, it doesn't matter whether you're doing it in the church or you're doing it on the street corner. God's gifting is irrevocable. It's how we use that gifting. I can give you a shovel and you can go pound with it, you can break it, or you can use it in the proper manner, but it doesn't change the shovel. And you know what? We're just tools. We're just gifts that God has given us. And, and we're, we're supposed to be building the kingdom, but he's given us free will. You know what? It's noteworthy that there's always been those faithful believers whose love and commitment for the Lord seems to shine through so great that others around them take full notice. I mean, if you really think in your life, I bet you each and every one of us knows somebody that we can just look and say, wow, I wish I had their faith, or wow, I wish God used me that way, or wow. You know, you just realize that sometimes you can just be having an upset day, 
And you can be in that person's presence and all of a sudden, that peace that passes all understanding comes and you don't even have to talk to them. You can just stand by them. You know who I'm talking about? I want you to write down their names so everybody else knows. <laughs> you know what? Stephen was that kind of man. The crazy thing about Stephen is there's nothing known about his personal life. It doesn't tell us in the Bible about his parents, about his siblings, whether he had a wife, whether he had children. But what we know about him is that he was faithful, that he was filled with the Holy Spirit, that when he heard God, he just acted upon it. And you know what? That's the part the Scripture wanted us to know. And we can say that's only, you know, some people preach on this and they say, that's only for single people. Stephen was single because it never says that. Or Stephen didn't have this or Stephen didn't have that. It doesn't say either way. Stephen could have had a wife and ten kids. We don't know. But you can't add to the story and you can't take away. What it's saying is, is Stephen was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And where he went, the kingdom went. And when the kingdom went, people were changed. That's what God wants for each and every one of us. It's not just a Stephen thing. It's a everyone who believes thing. What we need to understand is that the moment we're saved, everything's been released in our life. The very instant we're saved... It isn't necessarily when you're baptized or when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. It isn't no thing. The minute you're saved, all those giftings are released. We need to understand that in Psalms it says that he knit us together in our mother's womb. From the very foundations of our life, when those two first cells come together, at that instant, all those giftings and callings and all of our destiny is there. We just got to choose whether to walk into it or whether to make our own path. And the reality is, we make our own path and we go back to his path, you know, but you just see a point here in, li in his life there in Acts where Stephen, I really believe, was, you know, he was on the straight and narrow. I think he'd gotten off the highway and gotten on a railway. <laughs> he had locked it down and he said, you know what, God, I'm just going to go full steam ahead. I'm not going to worry about stoplights. I'm not going to worry about curves. I'm not going to worry about potholes. I want to be on the rails and I want to go where you've called me to go. Stephen was full of faith even when faced with certain death. You know, Stephen was one of seven men who were chosen to be responsible over the distribution of food to widows. Sometimes we think we have to have a title. Well, guess what? Stephen worked in the food bank. <laughs> when the truck came in, he unloaded the day-old bread. and I mean, just think about it in today's life. He worked in the soup kitchen. He was doing the dishes. I mean, he did what was asked of him. Why? Because that's what God called him to do, and he was being faithful with the little he gave him. But not only was he being faithful, he wasn't doing it to get a greater thing. He was doing it because that's what God called him to do. We need to understand that God has called each and every one of us to step out and do things. 
And we're supposed to be doing it in team. We're supposed to be doing it in union. We're supposed to be doing it in a body. We're supposed to be doing what God called us to do with everybody else around us. You know what? I guarantee you, when Stephen was distributing food, there had to be people that were bringing it in. There had to be people that were sorting it. There had to be people that were packaging it. It had to be done in a building or on somebody's property. There's all these other things that had to be done. I would almost guarantee you is that there were people that God had blessed with riches that were helping buy some of that food for them to distribute. And they have no less than the person distributing it than the person. You know, it takes a whole network. It takes all the puzzle pieces working together. See, Stephen was called to do that after a dispute arose among the apostles. They said, you know what? We need some help here. We can only do so much. You know what? The fivefold ministry is called to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, not be the centerfold and be center stage all the time. It's about equipping others and releasing others to do what God has called them to do. I can honestly say that's our whole heart. That's always been our whole heart. That will continue to be our heart. Why? Because I'm only one person. And what I have, when I release it to others, it can be exponentially multiplied. And we've seen that done around the world. And the great part is, is some people take this little piece and they run, and some people take this little piece and they run, and some people take this little piece and they run, and all of a sudden you see it multiplied, and at the end it might not even look like anything. But then again, there was an incident that happened this week where somebody said, wow, that really is one of your spiritual sons. They did something absolutely crazy that only I would have done. Why? Because God spoke to them and they just did it out of the natural. Why? Because they walked with me for a long time and when it happened, they stepped and did something that most pastors would shudder at, but it was 100% God. And they didn't even think about it. Why? Because it was just natural to them. It says about Stephen that he was full of God's grace and power and performed great wonders and signs among the people. That's in Acts 6.8. You know what we need to understand is you can't conjure up signs and wonders. Signs and wonders are not for the church. Signs and wonders are not for believers. I got to tell you is one of the most upsetting things is is when you go to a meeting somewhere and you're praying for healing and 90% of the people in the room are Christians. Christians just need to understand, you know, they need to be pressing into God and they need to understand that it says, by his stripes we're healed. And I'm not saying that Christians can't be sick. I'm not coming against people's faith because you know what? There's all kinds of different things. I'm not saying it in a condemning way. But I will tell you this, is that when I pray for an unsaved person, especially if they're a heathen, you know, I prayed for people that were Satanists and witches. And when they get healed, guess what? They don't care about if you raise your hands. They don't care about your doctrine. They don't care about if you have drums or if you have an organ. They don't care about anything you believe. All they know is that God came down and touched them. And yesterday they had cancer. And a second later they didn't have cancer. And they're sitting in your pew. And they're saying, 
hey, I'm here. And then the next thing you know, their neighbors and their friends and their coworkers are sitting there next to them, and they could really care less. Where the day before, if you would have said Jesus, they would have laughed at you or walked away or said something in a four-letter format. But you know what? When God shows up and there's a sign that makes them wonder and they see the reality in life, what happens is they turn to the creator of the universe and they cry out, that's what I want. See, signs and wonders are not about the person. It's about glorifying the one who's paid the price for them to happen. See, opposition arose, but the men who argued with Stephen were no match for his wisdom. When Stephen stepped out there and he started preaching, both the heathens and the religious leaders rose up. You know what? Sometimes when we step out, there's other people, our brothers and sisters, are sometimes the worst opposition to what God's doing. And then what do we do? We jump on the offensive and we start attacking them because they're attacking us and we seem to forget that there's only one enemy. <laughs> and we start killing each other. We start tearing each other down and all of our focus goes to inward. We all become incestuous and we want to we claw to the top. And it's not about that. It's about advancing the kingdom. The men that Stephen was preaching before decided to falsely accuse Stephen and they called him a blasphemer in Acts 6, chapter 11 through 14. And they had him arrested. They said, how can we put up with this man? You know, I want people to understand is Christ is a capital C. And corona and cancer are little tiny C's. He's already paid the price. And I'm not even saying this in a mean way. I'm not saying this in a condemning way. But if God's called you to go and do something and you're hiding in a cave, then God, you're not in God's protection. If God didn't call you to go to that cave, if he called you, you know what? If he called you to heal the lepers, you're not going to heal the lepers from far off. They healed the lepers by going and praying for the lepers. But religiously, if you went and touched the leper, then you were no longer clean and you could no longer be a part. You know what? That was the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, if you touched a leper, you got leprosy or you got cast out. In the New Testament, if you touch a leper, the leper got what you had. They got Christ. They got the fullness of the power of the healer to flow through their body. In Acts chapter 7 is Stephen's testimony. It's probably one of the most detailed, one of the most concise histories of Israel that you can find anywhere. He went through their whole relationship with God. 
When you hear it, Stephen wasn't worried about his earthly, he wasn't worried about his earthly existence. You know, so many times we look at Paul and go, Paul wasn't worried about it. He was just running the race. But you know what? Stephen was before Paul. Stephen was a protege of Paul. And here Stephen was. He was out. And he didn't care about his existence. Why? He already knew the price that had been paid. He already knew where he was going. And all he wanted to do was advance the kingdom. All he wanted to do was glorify the king. He didn't care about the consequences. He didn't care about what people thought. He didn't care about what people said. And I don't really even, when I read the whole story, I don't see Stephen being arrogant. I don't see Stephen running around with a big Bible, beating people over the head with doctrine. He just went back to the testimony. Let's just look at history. You know, history repeats itself over and over and over again. The enemy doesn't have any new plans. He just repackages it. You know, it's kind of like multi-level marketing in some of them. They just keep changing the name, but it's the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm not against that, but lots of them have failed, and what do they do? They just change the name and they do it again, and they change the name and they do it again, but it's the same thing over and over again. The enemy hasn't changed. He said, wow, if we only kill Jesus, it'll all end. But it starts out even before that. When Jesus was in the wilderness, if you only bow down, look what's going to happen. If we only kill Jesus, look what's going to happen. And it doesn't change because it all started in the garden. If you just don't listen to God, look at the greatness I can have for you. It's the same thing he told Jesus. Same exact story, just a different format. And then he's telling Stephen, Stephen didn't care. He didn't care what the religious leader said. He didn't say, oh, they're way more educated than me. I need to listen to them. They're scholars. They're the best of the best. They're the cream of the crop. See, Stephen didn't care about his earthly existence. He was determined instead to stand firmly on the side of Jesus, no matter what the consequences were. God had chosen him to speak boldly to Israel, reminding them of where they had been and how God had showed up every step of the way every time they turned their back. I gotta tell you, his Stephen's story is for us today. How many times has the enemy told us, well, you missed me, you missed him there, and so you're no good. Well, you missed him there, and so you're no good. Look at your past. How could you ever? You know, every time the enemy reminds me of my past, I say, you just need to go to the graveyard and go talk to that tombstone because that man's dead. (laughs) Go take it up with him because that man's dead. I'm a new creature. I'm not that person. No matter how many times you go to the cemetery, it isn't going to change the relationship that you had or didn't have with the person in the ground. No matter what you say, no matter how much you beg, the words you spoke were never spoken, and the words you said can never be taken back. It can never be rectified. You know what? It's the same way in our lives. It's the same exact way in our lives.
Stephen rightly accused Israel of their failure to recognize Jesus, their Messiah. He said, you rejected him and you murdered him. He went back and he said, you guys murdered Zechariah. Look at all the prophets. Look at every time somebody was speaking the oracles of God, every time somebody was speaking the word of God, you turned your back. The beautiful thing about it is, even at that moment, even at that moment when they were stoning Stephen for what he was saying, they were saying, he's false, he's false. Listen to what he's saying. Even at that moment, Stephen knew that he was going to be dead. And he's saying, God, forgive him. What a testimony. You know what I hear Christians say today when people are coming against them? God, strike them dead. God, show them they're wrong. Isn't that true? That's not what God's called us to do. God has called us to stand up on his word and have the same love and compassion on those who come against us as he did on those who came against him. God has so much for each and every one of us. We need to just step out and be bold. We need to step out and be all he's called us to be. You know what? If we don't catch this wave, we're going to watch the wave go by and we're going to be able to confirm and say, yeah, God was saying that. And yes, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. And we can say, yay, God. But you know what? I don't want to be that person. I want to be that person that's right out front. I, I, want to, I want to be the one that's on the 70 or 80 foot wave that it looks like you're going to die if you fall off. Because you know what? For me to die is gain. <laughs> if I die, I know where I'm going to be. But you know what? I don't want to miss the wave for fear of dying. I don't want to miss the wave for fear of what they're going to say. I don't want to miss the wave. There's pastors all over the city that a couple weeks ago were saying, we all need to band together and open on such and such a day. Will you be a part of that? I said, yeah, I'd love to be a part of it, but we're already doing it. Well, we're already doing what God called us to do. We're, we're stepping out and it's, it's not a forceful thing. People are watching from all over the world. Usually we're getting about 2,000 views on everything we put out. People are watching from around the world. But you know, watching people do something and doing something are two different things. Lots of people can watch, but God's called us to be doers of the word, not watchers of the word. He hasn't called us just to sit in a place. He's called us to step out and be all he's called us to be. Church, it's not a time to shrink back. It's a time to step out. It's a time to step out in boldness.
I want everybody to stand up. I'm just going to pray that, that God would give you a boldness like you've never experienced before. So something I've learned, you know what? If, if you're going to receive something from God, if you're going to receive something from anybody, I mean, probably one of the greatest examples is <laughs> if the president, whether you agree with him or not, no matter what you're political, it has nothing to do with that. If the president called you to the White House and he was going to bestow an honor upon you, whether you agreed with him or disagreed with him, when you're called to the White House, you wouldn't stand up in front of the cameras and all of a sudden start spouting out. You know what? You would just be quiet and you'd receive whatever he has. There might be a few very extreme people that wouldn't, but you know what? You would just receive what he has and you would just be quiet and you would gracefully receive it. Have you ever tried to tell your children something and they just keep talking and you're trying to answer their question and you already have the answer, but they just keep talking and talking and they, can I play that game? Can I play that game? Can I go outside? Can I go outside? And you're trying to tell them yes, but they just keep asking if they can do it. You can't talk and receive at the same time. So I'm going to pray right now that God would release that boldness in you. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is don't pray in tongues. Don't pray. I, I don't even want you to agree. I want you to just to be there like you're standing before the king of kings, which you are. And I just want you to raise your hands. And I'm going to pray that God would bestow upon you a boldness like you've never had before. And I want you just to be silent. And I want you to receive the fullness of what he has for you in this moment. So, Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, for just a release of your fullness, Lord, for a release of your boldness, Lord. Lord, I break off every negative word that's been spoken over people. I break off every negative thought. I break off every negative experience right now in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I pray right now that we'd have a realization that our past is gone. Even what happened this morning on the way to church is gone. It's in the past. It's no longer there. It doesn't have to have any effect on where we're going. Lord, we just make a clean cut this morning in the spirit. And Lord, we just ask this morning that we'd receive your boldness like we've never had before. Lord, that your boldness would come down upon us. That your boldness would come down upon us in such a great and mighty way. Lord, just rain down your love and your passion upon us now. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. If you would like to find out more about who we are, you can find that at ctfboulder.com. If you haven't already, please make sure to follow us on all of our other social media platforms. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Spotify. We post different content on each platform, and we want you guys to stay as updated as possible. We have so much love for you guys. God bless.